Hey, 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 good morning. It's Sunday morning. About 7.15. Here, bud. It's time to take Buddy for a walk. Yeah. 84 degrees, a bit humid. Getting the leash on him or harness. Okay, bud, we're going to go open the gate. Here it is. Out to Buddy's world. needs a little walk. So yeah, this is the Buddy's Owner Arizona Schnoodle Walks podcast. sensation that we we enjoy so buddy likes a little crunch right bud what are you sniffing out there buddy <laughs> yeah yeah so yeah I'm, i was I didn't i didn't know if i was going to do this podcast or not I, I got, i'm walking the dog so i'm just going to go do what i do which is fill the time with talking as i go I did listen to some podcasts yesterday, but I could do that again. And it's just, we have lots of information, good information coming in all the time. Information, information, information. So, what are we going to do with all this information? So, um, yeah. So, I, for whatever reason, I'm Chicago's pretty staunchly whatever. One thing I didn't talk about the visit was like, like these factories. So I went to visit a factory, a assembly area. It's not when when if you haven't worked in manufacturing before, you, you know, factory sounds like this weird place. But manufacturing, it's pretty interesting, and they are motivated to the management's motivated to streamline, make things simple, make things clean, use equipment that makes people's jobs easier. I mean that's even. Oh, that's all right. 
exist and make the products easier. It's not like they uh, just want to get rid of people. Now that, that may be the end result sometimes in a robotic system, but you can't really use robots for everything either. But I'm, uh, where I was going with the discussion is I walked to this factory and assembling aerospace equipment, something called actuators, which when your next time you're flying, you'll see things moving around on the wings, like different flaps going up and down to allow help the pilot fly the plane better, smoother. So those are called actuators. So they move parts, you know, all kinds of parts moving. And as you can, you know, on a small plane, you can imagine the original small planes, everything was mechanical. The pilot would you know, push on a rudder,
enforce it. So then they're, they're, they lose their job. So the person I was talking to was the manager of that department. And so she knows all about making these components. In fact, she knows way more than I do about it. And I'm trying to, <laughs> I'm trying to sell her that we can do it too. So, and, and so a good thing I had a level of, a high level of humility and just talked to her about it. But I, as we walked around the factory, I saw, noticed like these 30 or 40 people that got displaced from jobs were relocated to other jobs in the factory, which is great. So it's about the people, and I, you know, I made an observation. It's more than likely these are not your standard uh, majority population of the USA living in Chicago. It looks like some people are new to Chicago, and so it's a good job for them. And actually, I think they're really in a good place. That's a good company to work for. But they're they're humble too. The workers are humble, and they're. So some people share a faith that I do listening to the podcast. And my story that I like to go to is the talents. The one talent, I think it's two or three talents and a five person. Morning. Morning. It's still uh, humid out here. Yeah. So I just passed the guy. 
earbuds, but I can tell he's listening to the podcast. <laughs> Dude, you know, this is the, the advanced stage of town. gifts, whatever talent you have, and use them. And I, and it, to me, I'm like, I don't know, am I a one-talent guy? And or five, you know, it's, to me, it's all ego if I want to think. If I think, oh, well, you know, actually, I'm, I'm doing a podcast, so I'm a five. <laughs> I'm a five-talent guy. I'm somewhat great. And it's like, no, I might just be a half-talent guy. But I'm going to use what I got figure out what I need to do. And maybe it's taken me 50 years to get here. Some people, uh, it only takes 20 years to figure it out. Or 15. 15 years. Or maybe someone grows up in a family that's very nurturing and helpful. You know, they're 18 years old and they're They've been serving in the community and they're doing awesome and they're scoring high on SAT tests and they get a scholarship to Harvard or something and they're on their way. Just, you know, so there's no reason to be knightish or covetous because someone grew up in a family that encouraged them and do what it takes to go there to Harvard or to Yale. So, um, I just have to let it go, man, and, and do my own thing. Because that wasn't my story. My story was not super brilliant high school kid, full of confidence, um, direction, mission, and getting down this path. Now, that's not to say that some of the, many of those people that do achieve, and they have this thing called overachievers. Not sure what that term is, you know. It's thrown out there so often. Oh, that person is just an overachiever. And I don't know if that's basically a slam because they're doing better than they should. Is that what you mean? That they they really only 
turn that half talent into 10 talents because they like overachieve. I don't know. It's still better to have a half talent turn it into 10 than to bury it, right? So, overachievers. Not a great term that I like. I'm not sure the origin or who uses it or is it just a put down to people. Maybe it's a put down. And maybe that's where I'm kind of clueless. Yeah, so I'm starting to process the podcast for me is helping me. It, I, have, I have no guilt feeling that this has no value to you, right? Because it's free. It's just you're listening. You know, I'm not trying to please the audience because I don't I haven't done my bucket, so I don't I don't know the listeners what buckets they're in. Like using the Ryan Levesque ask method. Um, I'm not asking my audience right now, what do they want? What do you want? I'm just, I, I'm doing this for myself right now. And I'm, I'm thinking on people, uh, interactions I have with people, and I'm starting to get some feedback that essentially my thing is I don't take words or phrases or concepts at face value. I kind of think deeper about them, right? So feedback and so that's part of the self-awareness that we can all develop about ourselves like what are our gifts what are we good at and sometimes we're not we, we have gifts and we don't realize we have gifts and we also we may see our essential what are we really really good at we don't really see well how do I utilize that gift to the to the best of benefit of those Klaus 
part of the conspiracy and the plan is well first of all I can go to the beater shop in Birmingham. And it's on they renamed the street Stoppenberg this process just south of the Tear Garden, which is the animal garden. Tear. Tear garden. And there's a beer garden there too. Beer garden. In the tear garden. <laughs> so go see Klaus. There's a good statue of him right in the uh, Bendler block. There's a whole museum like there's 20 resistance groups. And uh, I guess I'm fired up about this subject right now because Wednesday night I was in Chicago and listened to a guy who talked about Zechariah returning to God as a nation and he was kind of implying that uh, that we we Christians you know, may need to speak truth to power, which sounds like such a communist manifesto type word. So I, I googled that. You can Google it. Where did, where did speak truth to power come from? It sounds such like a socialist communist type thing. But it's it's kind of vague origin. In fact, the first entry was Anita Hill, who was testifying against. Articulating a message in a short uh, phrase, usually sarcastic, cynical, and stuff like that. But that's Twitter. Anyway, so back to the speaking. Zechariah, 520 BC, nation of Israel, a call, a prophetic call to get the nation back together. Well, I love Paul, of course, um, in the New Testament, and I think he's the greatest starting point was Jewish, deeply knew all this Jewish stuff, lived it, grew up with it, tradition, family. So I start with Paul, that's like the latest thing of God's revelation to the world. And I don't see a lot of nationalism out of Paul at all. I don't see him uh, fighting against the Roman Empire, which is plenty of evil.
opinion that it's well, yeah, that's fine. Well, that was with the time when God was working with the nation of Israel, and essentially Christ has changed all that, and we're not in nations anymore. And there's fancy words like restoration theology, continuation theology. Some, there's some that believe now, in worst case, like um, USA, Germany, UK, at their various times in their history, claim that God was on the side of England, Germany, Spain, USA, blah, blah, blah. And I don't see that in Paul's writings at all. So Paul, I don't think, is you know, referring to any kind of nationalism. It's like all over with. So this past Wednesday, the 18th of July, I'm sitting in a crowd in Chicago area, which is okay, I'm uh, predisposed to wear the different blue stage. And I uh, just felt like, without directly saying it, the speaker was saying, current day USA presidents or governments are bad, bad people. serious, I think, because it failed, right away everybody in Bendler Block, Bendler Strasse, which is now stopped for Strasse Square Museum, as they went in there and just uh, gunned down everybody, which is actually a better way to go, because eventually others that were found out to be part of the conspiracy that weren't in the building were strung up by the piano wires, which So, um, yeah, so it's, it's Americans who dump on Germans for not speaking of Hitler. 
It's because you, you know, I would think the majority of American Christians would say, wow, they did a really good job trying to kill him. Well, what, what happened? Why did God, what doesn't our theology say that God knows the time and will take us, our lives will end on this planet at his, his bidding type of thing? So the question is, why did God allow Hitler to survive? take over the government and shut down the the uh, military people that were um, beholden to Hitler like so Hitler had all his military people that were not all because General Rommel, Rommel who's famous for being a great war guy was actually part of the conspiracy and he was offered to um, commit suicide or be strung up like a on the pian piano wires but he chose the suicide method to go out. So all you World War II movie buffs who thought, oh, it's Rommel's this evil, conniving, smart German army general. Well, he was, but he also tried to kill kill Hitler. So. <laughs> the untold stories are always the best, right? So Rommel commits suicide. Where was I going? So, yeah, the, the shooting in the head wouldn't work because there was too many diehard Nazis in the army so they wanted to actually pin it on, pin it on that, you know. So the, that was like a sophisticated ruse, right? So they're gonna put the bomb and they're gonna blow it up, and then the, the conspiracies quickly react and blame it on the hardcore Nazi generals, and then lock them up, get them out of the way, and the quote-unquote rational, peace-loving. July 20th, which is like six weeks after D-Day. So the American perspective is that, oh yeah, D-Day was so awesome, it's great. And it was, it is awesome, but Klaus was trying to, and the conspiracy was trying to like end it right there before uh, the Russians and the Allies just crushed Germany. So that was a 
southern Germany with the kids and ironically of all things can you imagine this his wife is pregnant she wasn't just taken out and then her child not see the light of day but uh, Nina is her name Nina Stauffenberg survived and her daughter she gave birth to a daughter then probably before the war ended even and they lived on so wow talk about an interesting family how do you think that wife uh, with kids and her husband doing all those things. She probably lived another 40 years or something. And, and her daughter actually is Klaus's daughter and her daughter are still living. She just wrote a book. It's in German, so I'm like, you know, only like on the first couple chapters. But she has a fascinating story to tell, right? <laughs> so she wrote it, which is great. It's in German. So that's
acutely to others. And uh, if I haven't talked about the noetic effects, I think I did. I'm pretty sure I did because I like talking about noetic effects in the cold no stuff. So that's worthy of a investigation. The noetic effects of sin. So, folks been fun. It's been warm. It's been, I'm soaked and it's time to end it. So have a wonderful Sunday or whenever you're blessed to listen to this podcast. Bye.